There's plenty of bad news out there. How about some good news? The book of Proverbs says that good news from a far country is like cold waters to a thirsty soul. I'm glad you're listening, because I do have good news. It's from a far country, so get out a tall glass. My name is Dean Kirshner, and I'm part of the Ministry of Gospel Link. As you can tell by the name, Gospel Link is centered on the good news of Jesus Christ, who He is, what He has done, and what He is doing today. I hope that God has given you creative ways of making Him known. I memorized Proverbs 3.6 as a child, and I took it serious. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. I really, really wanted Jesus to lead me. So, of course, I would pray for his will. But when I realized this verse had a directive and a promise, I took it to heart. How could I make God known in all my ways? I have to say that I've tried a lot of things that didn't get many results. When I was 20 years old, I had a navy blue Dodge Omni and it occurred to me that I could paint the colors of the wordless book on the door. You know, black, red, white, and yellow. People would see it and be curious. And after they asked me what this symbol meant, I could go through the gospel. Black speaks of the darkness of our sin, but red reminds us of the blood of Jesus, which can wash us whiter than snow. And ultimately, the yellow is the light and glory of eternity with God. So I went to work. I got my airplane model paints out, I got a cardboard form, and if I must say so myself, it looked like I had a professional wordless book painted on both of my car doors. To my disappointment, not one unbeliever ever asked me what it stood for. Not one! People from church would ask, what kind of flag is that on your door? It's not a flag! Today, I like to engage people with questions. I ask people, life has three great questions. Where did we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Out of these three, which one do you think of most? Or which one would you like an answer for? This is a great lead-in because I haven't talked about God or sin or heaven or hell, but everyone has wondered about one of these three questions at some point in their life, usually all three. But sadly, most people I meet have not found the answers for them. Far away on the other side of the world, a man named Yah Wahoo struggled with that middle question. Why am I here? Now, I have never met Yah Wahoo, nor have I actually ever entered into his country. But I think people in just about every country of the world are wondering the same thing. Why am I here? What is my purpose? What is the meaning of life? Now, Yah didn't have the answers. His parents didn't give him the answers. And as a result, his life was full of emptiness. 
In childhood, there can be some fun times and some exciting events, but at the end of the day, he was empty. Something was missing in his soul. Yahweh did not know that his spirit was designed to have fellowship with his maker. He did not know about his maker. In school, he was told there was no God. His culture, on the other hand, told him that the universe is cyclical in nature, and therefore an origin was not plausible or important. Man's purpose was enlightenment. But if we don't know from whence we have come, how can we know our purpose? The two questions are obviously tied together, but Yah had no clues for either. And instead of enlightenment, his childhood and youth were filled with sadness and long seasons of depression. His tribal roots believed that people should pray and honor their dead ancestors. A person prayed to the sun and the mountain and the thunder. This poor boy, he had no idea where he came from, nor did he have any idea why he was on the planet. And then one day, a Christian man in his village talked to him about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was the first time Yah had ever heard such information. A personal God loved him? he never heard of this before. A creator God took on flesh and came to earth? So amazing! You might think that this Christian man who brought the gospel was a missionary who had flown over the ocean and learned the tribal dialect which the Hu family spoke as a tribal minority. And then, in conscious obedience to the Great Commission of Christ, that missionary met Yahweh, and Yah heard the message of the cross. But no, that's not what happened. The man in Yah's village was not a missionary. You know why? Missionaries are not allowed in this country. Forbidden. The man with the gospel lived in Yah's village. He spoke Yah's language. Yah came to the man's church and learned more and more about the God of the Bible, even though Bibles are not sold in his country. Yah wrote in his testimony that his life changed dramatically and immediately. He was so excited to know what his purpose in life was. He became zealous for good works. He wrote how he began helping neighbors in their gardens to get their crops harvested. Yah was faithful in going to church because he wanted to be with other believers and he wanted to hear God's word. His soul was no longer down and defeated. In fact, it was more like, like, Yahoo! Yah married at a young age to a girl named Nu Kai. In the region where they lived, they are a tribal minority. Their ethnicity is only about 10% of the region's population. So Yah and Nu Kai had very little possibility of nice professions or government promotions. They lived in the village. They lived simply. But they lived spiritually. And he that sows in the spirit shall be fruitful. Yah and Nu Kai had a baby girl. Then they had a baby boy. Then they had a baby girl. Then another girl. Then another boy. Now that's fruitful. But that wasn't the end. In fact, that's barely half. They had two more girls. Then there were four years without children. And then in 2010, they had a boy. 
And again in 2011, they had another boy. You've probably lost count, but that's nine children for Yahoo. I think maybe we should call him Wow Yahoo. Incidentally, I have to tell you at this point of the story, this is not his real name. The Who family lives in a country that if this podcast were heard by the wrong authorities, persecution would be probable. So I'm sorry that Yahwahoo is a pseudonym. But you can always write to me at dean at cupofgoodnews.org and I'll tell you his real name. I can even send you a photo of him and his nine wonderful children. They are wonderful. But I'll get to that a little later. Let me tell you about the fruitfulness of his ministry. Yahwahoo had learned that one of our purposes here is to be a minister of reconciliation, and he did the work of an evangelist. About the time he turned 40 years old, he had the opportunity to get some advanced Bible education. The official antagonism against Christians in his country has varied over the years, but around 2008, restrictions lessened and churches were allowed to be open and registered in most of the country. This was the same year when Yahwahoo began a two-year training course and when he officially planted a church. When Gospel Link was introduced to Yahwahoo in 2019, the average attendance at his church every Sunday was 360 people. That's incredible! 360 people? Again, this is a country where missionaries are forbidden. But the gospel is being shared by the national people who live there. Needless to say, Yahwahoo came highly recommended to us. And as we at Gospel Link looked through his application, we saw that though his church gave him approximately $100 a month for support, he was very limited financially. I mean, he had nine children he was feeding. I don't know this for sure, but I presume that Yahwahoo was praying. But eventually he was notified that Gospel Inc. had found sponsors which would support him, and his financial income was going to more than double. I can only imagine how he and his wife must have thanked God after saying Amen. They shouted, Yahoo! If you're doing the math and keeping track of the quick dates I threw out here, Yahwahoo was supported for four years through Gospel Link. He had a great love for the lost. He wrote once, I desire that my tribal people all will hear of Jesus' love and get saved. I respect your love and your prayer for our mission while we make every effort to sow the seed. A year ago, Pastor Hu wrote about visiting Mrs. Shu Hong. He told how their church had met Mrs. Shu Hong during the COVID quarantine, and they had brought her and her two children rice and food. Of course, Mrs. Shu Hong was so expressive and so grateful to these strangers who had cared for her in her dire times. Pastor Hu wrote, I said to her that our help is not important to receive the everlasting life from God. Last year, many people passed away without Christ. Their souls were fired in the eternal lake. She listened to their words. She welcomed them into the house for more conversation. 
Her one daughter is only three, so most of the conversation was over her head. But the ten-year-old daughter listened as intently as mother. When they offered to lead them in repentance to Jesus, they both kneeled and prayed to accept Jesus into their lives. Mrs. Kian Mai was one of the church members. However, she married a non-believer. Things were fine until their first child was born. Then her husband told Kian Mai that she could no longer attend church worship service. She did come to Pastor Hu and ask for prayer, but she no longer was seen in fellowship. She had a second child and then a third child. Still, her husband was hardened against Christianity. This story was also in Pastor Hu's report a year ago. In July 2022, he and a couple other leaders from the church went to visit Kian Mai and her family. Conversation was friendly, and Yahwahu said that he opened and read Romans 5, verses 1 and 2. He explained how people can be justified through faith, by grace in which a believer stands strong. Words are words, and though Kian Mai was glad to hear God's word again, her husband is still apathetic. However, Yahwahu's ministry did not end with Bible discussion. Somehow the talk about the broken pig pen came up. The church leaders looked at each other, and they knew what they should do. At the appropriate time, they all went outside. They got wire, they got boards, they obtained the tools they needed, and they walked around in the muck for a couple hours. But before they had left, these church leaders had repaired that family's pigsty. Mr. Hung Wo has been high in the government's political party for many years. Mr. Wo is now retired, and Yahwahu met him during the COVID pandemic three years ago. The COVID pandemic was pretty hard on the people of Asia. There were intense government lockdowns, which hurt trade and the economy. Pastor Hu found an opportunity in 2020 to share the gospel with Hung Wo, and since then he has continued to keep in touch with this man. Hung Wo, in turn, has attended church services several times to learn more about this gospel. Just a few months ago, Hung Wo contacted Pastor Hu and asked him and some of the elders to pay him a visit. He explained, when they came, that after watching them for the last three years, he could see that God was living in the life of the pastor, and God was in the lives of the other people of the church. Mr. Woe wanted to have this kind of peace and joy in his heart. He's told them that his favorite Bible story was King Solomon. Now, I'm not sure why King Solomon, maybe because of his own power and position that did not bring him lasting fulfillment. But Yahwahu sent a photo of himself praying with Hung Wo to receive Christ. Would you like to see it? I've posted it on cupofgoodnews.org. Mr. Wo's face is blurred to protect his identity. And of course, Hung Wo is a pseudonym. But the photo is good news from a far country. Earlier this year, Yahwahu wrote about his church. Our church is very simple, but full of love and nice memories. 
We are getting ready to start new place for new church where regular worship members are 45 to 50. He sent a photo of the new assembly sanctuary where his new church will be meeting this year. This is actually the icon photo for this episode. He continued writing, Many challenges are waiting for us. However, we trust the Lord, and He is going to do great things through our service for His honor, not our own. Two key verses I am meditating on and practicing in my walk with God. Joshua 1 verse 8 and Psalm 27 4. Psalm 27 verse 4 says, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. He finished this report with some prayer requests. He wrote, Pray for our ministry that we will make every effort to please God and to preach the gospel in season and out of season. Please pray for our tribe of people. Life is short, but God's judgment is sure for each person. These were the last lines that Pastor Yah Wahoo wrote to his sponsors. This spring he succumbed to some kind of lung disease. We're not sure if it was cancer or a complication of COVID, but our dear brother has gone home to be with the Lord. You know, I meet a lot of preachers and pastors in my line of work. They all have some kind of theological training and background, but I'll tell you the truth. When I assess a church leader, I'm not too interested in his degrees. I want to see his kids. Jesus told us to make disciples, and there are no more evident disciples than one's own children. We're all aware that our children grow up and make their own decisions, which we do not control. Nor are we responsible for the lives of our adult children. I understand that. Jesus had a disciple betray him. Paul had many leave him. But Jesus did say that wisdom would be justified of her children. And of all the things that impressed me most about Yahwahoo was this. You know that he left nine children and a widow. And I'm sure there are hard times for them without their father. However, in the last four years, they have used some of the money that their sponsors have sent them through Gospel Inc. to boost their gardens, to help with their chicken little project, and with their little banana business. This family has not been idle. But the greatest blessing is how they are walking in their father's faithful footsteps. Yahwahoo's oldest son, Hogo, is part of the leadership team which is establishing the new church plant. Not only that, but I think I'll finish this episode by reading a report that Yah sent a year ago. I give thanks to our Lord as he has granted my heart's desire. A good news that I can't wait to tell you. My oldest son is invited officially to take part to the translation group to translate the Bible into our tribal language. This is what makes me so happy. He works on this five days a week. My wife and I do pray for him, even as we cry for our people's salvation. Despite we have passed a very rough year in our country, God is so good to us. We are chosen. We are called out of darkness into his wonderful light.
I can only imagine how heaven looks down on this family and watches their service and cries, Yahoo! And the dawning to noonday bright And Christ's great kingdom shall come to earth The kingdom of love and light Ho-go-hu, Yah's oldest son, is indeed working full-time with a Bible translation organization to translate the Bible into his tribe's language. Gospel Inc. leadership met with him personally in June of this year, and he is able to support the family on what the organization is paying him. Praise the Lord. That is amazing. And the fact that a young man of a national preacher is giving his life to get God's word into his own native tribal language, my friends, that's good news. <sighs> 